श्री गोरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय श्री गोराधम आदव की जाय को भक्त बृंद की जाय गौ प्रेम Ask for questions tonight. You're going to ask questions tonight. No, I'm going to ask four questions. <laughs> I can ask questions too. I have lots of questions. You don't want to hear them though. Well, I'll assume Ati raises her hands first. Go ahead. I was listening to speak today on the lecture, and you were talking about um, Rajatanya sending Tapan Mishra to the Naris, Chandrasekhar, mm. and how like he. Sent so many devotees, so many places before he came, mm. and then at some point you said that um, because he only wanted to go where there were devotees, he wouldn't go any place by himself. So because their bhakti was stronger than his, mm. if you could something like that, huh? Yeah. <coughs> well, to talk about that. Yeah. <coughs> well, first of all. Mm. It's said by Narutam Thakur that uh, what uh, that Gorangera Shangi Gani Nitya Siddha Kori Mane Gorangera Shangi Gani Nitya Siddha Kori Mane that Chaitanya Dev's associates are eternal associates. Hmm? Prabhupada used to say sometimes Krishna is never alone. So the object of love, the perfect object of love, Krishna, can only be so if there is a corresponding love. And so Krishna can never be alone. This is the the teaching. The one, the love, and the and and the love for God and the God are one. So our goal is not to attain Krishna, but to attain. Love of Krishna. Hmm? Krishna is found there. <clears throat> I've said before that sometimes people, innocently or foolishly or um, enviously, ask, "Have you seen Krishna?" Hmm? Bhakti Sarasri Thakur was asked that. Prabhupada was asked that. Sridhar Marsh has asked that. Also, I think I might have been asked it too. Um, and uh, one reply. My reply is, I don't know, I, I wasn't looking, so I wasn't looking for Krishna. I was looking for service to Krishna, and I have lots of that. So if you know the teaching, then you know there's somebody on the other end there. And he's present wherever he's being served, wherever his name is being chanted. It's easy, not easy, but some people find it easier, I should say, to dismiss the existence of God, but I believe it's more difficult to do so um, in terms of dismissing love of God, when it manifests in terms of an ego-effacing tradition, which is the baseline of love. The baseline of love is, as I often say, to stop from taking. We are now possessed of an identification. Ahankar. Ahang means I, and kar means to make. So it's a made-up I. We've made up an I, a me. Hmm. It's made up. 
So because it's made up, it can also be deconstructed. It's been constructed, it can be deconstructed. That I is I'm American, I am a man, I am a woman, so on and so forth, I'm an Indian, whatever may be the case, and all the details that go along with that. This is a made-up I, but there is an overarching I that um, is not made up. If there is a false identity, there must be a real identity. So... <clears throat> so, and the false identity identified as it is with the body-mind complex is one that feels in need because the body and mind are needy. We're constantly reporting on that, how needy we are, but it's the body-mind complex that's needy and so we're obediently um, serving or trying to meet the needs and of course everybody's doing that so there's that's what we call the struggle for existence there's some competition and and so on we may make a truce and agree to compete together and so forth but uh, still and the point being unless and as much as only as we can become free from this false identity uh, only as much as we can be we can love because identified with the body-mind complex, we are takers. We are hunting and we are being hunted at the same time. So the baseline for loving is that this deconstructing of this false I. And so there are wisdom traditions, as we know, that uh, are focused on that. The Gaudiya Vaishnav tradition is focused on that as a byproduct of its uh, ideal, its ultimate pursuit. Hmm? which is to establish a full personality hmm? based on the the fact that I am. I am meaning I am consciousness. I am a unit of subjective um, first-person experience. Hmm? And, and I can be a full person hmm? on the ground of being, the ground of consciousness. Now I think I'm a full person on the ground of matter, where everything, nothing matters, ultimately, unless we give meaning to it, and where everything is here today and gone tomorrow. Hmm? Our possessions are here today and gone tomorrow, and the eye that's derived from our sense of mine, when nothing is ours, is as false as our sense of proprietorship is. So, these are points I often make worth uh, reiterating. So, we have the prospect of establishing full personhood, if you will, on the ground of being, by the grace of bhakti. Bhakti means it, it descending. It, it's, it gives us a window of opportunity to enter into deeply into the world of consciousness of which we are constituted hmm? and explore all the possibilities that lie there. Hmm? The consciousness that we're constituted of is a unit of being, knowing, and loving. And if we look carefully at it, the being and knowing are subordinate to loving. It, we exist and we know for a purpose. Now, we are purpose-driven entities and our purpose is to love. Hmm? So and we, 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 we draw this understanding from the sacred text, of course, and, and, and they themselves reflect on the world of our present experience and point this out to us, how we are seeking love, for example, but looking in the wrong place. And what then looks like love is, is one form or another of neediness and 
involves taking when love is really about giving. So um, we are also concerned about dismantling this false ego, this false lover, if you will, this hypocrite, um, and and that power of that in the context of establishing full personality on the ground of of being. Hmm. That when we are made of that soil consciousness, hmm. bhakti is is then a possibility within the realm of consciousness that can come to us. And of course it, it, it does through the Guru Parampara. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> as the, while the baseline for uh, loving is this is ego effacing hmm? to stop taking. Hmm? Um, Gaudiya Vaishnavism wants to take it from there and go the full uh, measure. Hmm? As I say, and it arrives at the ego effacing by a positive orientation towards frame. Hmm? Many traditions are ego effacing, not many, but a handful of them. But they focus just on that. Their, their, their focus comparatively could be very negative, could be termed very negative. Get away from deconstruct, deconstruct. And then for you end up with these ideas that there is no self, peace, somehow you get peace with no self. I mean, I guess. <laughs> like a big anesthesia or something. This is the sum and substance of enlightenment. Um, or um, some kind of awareness in which you be and you know what, I don't know, but cause there's nothing to know. But, and you love being, as I often say. It, it's, be- it's better, and every, any, anyone will tell you this, it's better to exist to love than to love to exist. Hmm. The... The Advaitin tradition, for example, the Buddhist tradition, is about loving to exist. We are about existing to love. So the existing that we are interested in is derived from mm, loving. Mm. The loving becomes bigger mm, than the existence that I am. That's big. I'm not false. I really am. Mm. I don't die. That's a big thing. But that becomes small compared to the loving that Gaudiya Vaishnavism is about. Of course, while the loving looms larger hmm, than the pursuit of being, a loving being or a loving existence is at the same time the best existence. Hmm. It's a complicated point. In other words, some people love to exist. They want to end material existence and just be... Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. So their focus is on existence. Hmm? Our focus is not as much on existence as it is on love. Hmm? And if we cannot love, we don't want to exist. Hmm? We would be better off in hell, Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur says. Kaivalyam Narakayate. Better if we have to exist without love, then we better be better off in hell, he says. It's a strong statement. But my point is, while some focus on existence, a big, quiet, peaceful being, hmm, I'm aware that I am. Hmm? I mean, right now, we're not sure that we are, I mean, we think we are, but we're, it's, we're constantly being, that's coming into question, and it, it is in question. In fact, we are on death row in terms of our hunkar, sense of material identity. And so that's a big relief. So the focus on existence, 
Whereas as I say, our focus is on love hmm, rather than on the existence. Hmm. But you have to exist to love. Hmm. While, and while the existence is secondary, it actually becomes bigger because a loving existence is a bigger, more accommodating hmm, existence than just an existence hmm, that's not, not hating, not taking. Hmm. So it's a beautiful idea, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And um, this is the core, core teaching, in a, in a sense, um, in, a, in a very general terms, as to our ideal. Um, and, and so those... Um, and then there are persons, if you will, paradigmatic figures, who we can follow in the footsteps of, that, that exemplify the kind of person that you could be. Hmm? It's just a very, you know, very simple and very user-friendly idea as, as people are fantasizing all the time about being like this football player or this musician or movie star, or, isn't it? I mean, that's just, you know, the, 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 the media is full of such things and, and they have their fans and they may get, you know, buy the same kind of clothes or whatever, hairdo, whatever may be the case. Uh, <clears throat> So you can do this in relation to Krishna. Hmm? I'm putting it in simple terms. Obviously, you can follow Nanda Maharaj, Yasoda, Krishna's friends, Lalita, Vishaka, hmm? uh, Rupa Manjari, and so forth. Hmm? Imitation of a good thing is said to be a good thing. Hmm? When I was a kid, <laughs> there was used to be one. Rent a car. Can you imagine that? One rent a car. Uh, they invented rent a cars in my day. Um, one rent a car company called Hertz. I think it was called Hertz Rent a Car. And then this, I, I remember watching it because they they never they had some very few advertisements for Hertz, but everybody knew if you rented a car, you went to Hertz rent a car. And then this company called Avis came along, hmm? and uh, they did have an ad that said, "Let Hertz put you." in the driver's seat today, and the car was running along, and a guy would fly in and sit in the seat. That was the advertisement. So it was catchy, you know, in the ta- those times, technologically speaking, creative and so forth, artistic. Um, but then this company came, called Avis came along, and they basically just did the same thing. You know, they, had, they were a rent-a-car company. So I always thought at that time, I said, well, all you have to do is you find something that really works, and then you imitate it, and you'll probably be successful too, because there's room in the market for more than one of the same kind of the same product, one more than one brand. You know, you change it a little bit, something like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, many many businesses um, come about, I think, in that way. So, at any rate, we get to follow the the good idea of loving Krishna as a friend or as a as a handmaiden of Radha and so forth. And, and this opportunity comes to us through the Guru Parampara, properly understood, and so forth. And then, you know, off we go. So it's, it's not something that's, that's very um, foreign to our, the, our the, the nature of our pursuit in material life. Hmm. Um, so, So there is the thing called love of God. Mm-hmm. Takes shape, takes a shape. Why not? Of course, all the material shapes are a result of consciousness reposing itself in matter. 
his house, the, the basic ingredients, and some conscious entity reposed himself or herself in it, and so it's all come to take a shape. So if consciousness in relation to matter causes matter to take shape and form, why not consciousness in relation to itself hmm, will manifest in a, in a condensed way, in form and a shape, in relation to itself and in that regard to its source as well, who is said to be Satchitananda Ghana. Ghana means like condensed Satchitananda. Hmm? Brahman is like, what's the opposite of that? Hmm? Thinned out is a better word, I'm sure. Uh, that's, that's beyond my, my pay grade there. Diluted, that's what word. Diluted and delusional. No. So, diluted, diluted, yes. A diluted. Hmm? It's not that we say the other, not that Krishna is a condensed form of Brahman, but Brahman is a diluted form of Krishna, something like that. He's such an anandagana. I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around that. What is what is being, knowing, and loving condensed, hmm? taking shape, and so forth? But why not? <clears throat> right? We give shape to various emotions, feelings, colors. Hmm? Right, in this world. So, being itself, knowing, loving, satchitananda. Being means it, it's, 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 he's constantly of an enduring, non-transforming existence. It doesn't undergo the transformations that material things do, which causes them to, to, to dissolve in due course. So, it means he's, he's, he's sat. Chit means he's, he's self-luminous. Uh, hmm? You don't need, uh, he doesn't need a light to light him up, so to speak. Ananda means love, loving. Hmm? And this is what we are, this is what we do. We seek to, we seek to exist, to know, and to love. And we are consciousness. Hmm? So that the fact that the sadhus tell us that's what we're about in their experience, it's not a strange conclusion uh, or a stretch. Oh, well, what do those people experience, the mystics? Everybody says something different, so how can we trust them? They all say something quite similar, actually, amongst the mystics, amongst the real ego-facing paths, and they say something like this, I experienced myself, and I'm, I, I exist, and I'm, I'm a unit of being, knowing, and loving. Satchitananda is what I am. And this is what consciousness is in our own experience in this world. The fact that I exist, that's a subjective call, I exist. Right? So consciousness feels that it exists. Hmm? It knows and it loves, and they are experiencing that. Hmm? So, there's a world. Another creation. Hmm? This is the Bhagavad, and we'll enter into the Bhagavad later in the weekend in our discussion in the Srinavatar, the Bhagavad, the Purana, Puranic world, hmm? all concerned with the subjective, not concerned with the objective world, the details of that, only as much as, and in such a way, that that concern for the objective world would promote experience of and, and compel one to pursue 
experience of the subjective world, the possibilities that lie there, the possibilities for loving, for doing and experiencing what you actually want. Hmm? So there's a world like this. Hmm? So Krishna's not alone, is the point, and there's room for unlimited hmm, numbers. Hmm? And there's, there's no mundane competition there. They compete to serve Krishna, and if I compete with you to serve Krishna, and you serve Krishna better than me, then I'm happy, because the objective was to serve Krishna better. Hmm. Right? Hmm. So, very nice idea. Hmm. And so, as Krishna is not alone, then Gaur Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is the same. He's not alone. So, if he comes to the world, then his associates, his retinue, his the parikar, they have to come with him. And I've said before that as the, the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got glimpses of the fact that he was Krishna, they would think he's Krishna himself. No, can't be. Hmm. He's Krishna. He would show himself. And then he would show himself as a devotee. And he would show himself early in Navadvipa as, as Krishna. And they're going back and forth. And at a certain point, obviously, they thought, if he is Krishna, then he can't be alone. He has to be with his associates. This is a beautiful point, I think. Bring the Gaudiya insight into who is Krishna, what is his nature, which we were talking about. Krishna is not alone. So they reason, if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Krishna, then he has to have his associates have to be here. Where are they? And then they realized, we are them. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. As they said, Holy cow. We are them. In another Leela. This is Krishna Leela, and it's similar, but it's a little different in a unique and very captivating and charming way. Hmm? Krishna is trying to be in the position of a devotee of himself. So, wow, we're here to help him in this, and we're devotees, so we can offer him something. Hmm? And, and then at times he would say, you are this one, you are this one, you are this one, and Krishna, see me, I am Ram, you are Hanuman Murari. Hmm? What kind of... Hmm? Knights were those in the courtyard of Srivas Thakur. Hmm? So, as Krishna is surrounded by his associates, there's no meaning to Krishna without the associates. Hmm? I've told you before this song we sing, Sachinam Vandanam, just we sang just this evening. It was composed by Pujapad Bhaktirakshukshila Dev Goswami Marjar Sikshuguru. And, um, and it's all about. You can't name them all, of course, but any of the principal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chandrasekhar Acharya, is mentioned there, an elder of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? You asked about him in particular. Hmm. So many of them are mentioned. He's going through them all, hmm? and very poetically. He comes to the end, he said, and then Gurudev, Prabhupada, Bhakti Siddhanta, and all his associates, I pay my obeisances to all of them. Hmm? Das, das, Anudas is the spirit of that. Hmm? Once early on, when we had the uh, unfortunate circumstances arose that uh, that some of us, our consciousness dictated it would be in the interest of serving our Gurudev by leaving his formal institution. Difficult uh, times um, and the difficult steps to take, but um, we had the insight. So this is this is the right for us. So early on in that time, I was viewing a, 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 a video of Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, we, some of us were meeting, and, and um, 
he was speaking uh, about this song, I believe, and about the idea that I'm explaining, that Krishna is not alone. He has his associates and so forth. And um, he said, that's why we are not interested in the songs of Mirabai. Everybody knows of Mirabai and her poetry and so forth. But it's all about her and Krishna. There's no mention of Nanda, Yashoda, Sudam, Sridam, you know, all these associates. Hmm? The Godi idea is if you're actually getting close to Krishna, hmm, you chant the Krishna Nam, in the Nam you'll find the Rupa. And at least this means that by chanting Krishna Nam hmm, attentively, you will begin to see the deity as as a person, a real person, rather than as a statue. Hmm? Nam, Rupa, Guna. Then certain qualities of Krishna will start to become of interest to you, hmm? relative to a budding relationship with Krishna. It's developing. And then the Parikar, all the associates of Krishna, relative to that sentiment, so it will become very interesting to you. Then the leelas will unfold in due course within your heart. So this um, um, preoccupation with love for hmm, the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this should should come within us. We sing the Murari Mukundajai Premanidi who are all these people how Mahaprabhu thought about Bap, Pundarik, Bap, Pundarik, Murari, Dwar Hanuman, and try to defeat me, and all these thoughts will come. Hmm. His, his relationship with Marari, scholasticism, and, and so forth. Mukunda, and start the kirtan, hmm? as he would. Hmm? As we're hearing in Puri, on the way to Puri, he went to accompany, lead the kirtan. So, all these um, associates, they embody the ideal. Hmm? They're there with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Um, and if we are getting close to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in reality, close to Krishna, then all of them will become interested. And we'll be singing about them. That's where we see them mentioned in the different songs and so forth. The song, Sachidananda is a good example. Or you have, you know, Krishna Das's song, Jaya Radhe, Jaya Krishna, Jaya Vrindavan. He goes on, he mentions everybody, all the principal players, right? Hmm? This is real Vrindavan Bhakti. Hmm? We can understand, oh, see, he has realization of what it's like. Hmm? So whatever Mirabai is preoccupied with Krishna in some way, what will she get from that? Yeah, who knows? Some say Nirvishesh Brahma. Hmm? In all of his love songs. But for that, hmm? we don't know particularly, but it's not what Jiva Goswami is teaching. He was a contemporary or Rupa Goswami is teaching. We follow that line. Many years ago, <coughs> I started a magazine entitled Clarion Call, in those days, uh, I was uh, had started a mission under the uh, auspices, the blessings, and the request, really, of, of Pujapat Sridhar Maharaj. And so I thought, we need some literature. At that time, we couldn't get Prabhupada's books were not uh, available to us. They would not sell them to us. So I thought we have to start, and I thought I'd start a periodical, a magazine. This is when the term New Age first came out. Hmm? This is about 25, 28, 30 years ago. Hmm? And so we had a magazine that we put out called Clarion Call. Clarion Call, Bhaktisiddhanta used this term, say the Clarion Call of the Gita. Sarvadharman Parityaja, surrender unto me alone, Krishna says. That's an old English term. He compared it to the flute sound of Krishna, inviting us to come and surrender. So we called our magazine Clarion Call and wrote most of the articles under different names. 
was on the newsstands and so forth. Um, and how did I get on that clearing call? It was a so um, we <laughs> too many points coming at once. What was it then? We were. Um, Anyway, I, I can't remember that, but I'll make another point out of it. Uh, it was a good magazine, and some members who were publishing that, another magazine called Back to God, they secretly contacted me and asked advice how to make their magazine better, that it would have more circulation and so forth. This is not the point I was going to make, but it's, it's a side point. So, anyway, it was somewhat success, successful. Uh, and there we went to another fellow said, why are you writing magazines? You should write books. And I took his advice. I hadn't written anything at that time except a letter or two, mostly to Prabhupada, <laughs> telling what I was doing and, and being fortunate to get a, a reply. Hmm. So, at any rate, uh, forgive me, but we'll go on. Many associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm, and their importance is important to us, it's if we are going to go in the direction of Krishna, all this will come into focus. <clears throat> and, and so, you you ask about um, that, and as I say, Narottam has said they are all eternal associates. And the thought would be the the, the kind of logical extension would be that because Navadweep is Vrindavan. That all of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would appear in Navadweep. Hmm? All the Vrindavan associates of Krishna, because Navadweep is the, is the manifestation of Vrindavan in, in Gorlila. Hmm? This would be the thought. But because Gorlila is Madurja, sweet, but also more so Audarya. It's, it, it constitutes distributing the sweetness. Hmm? This is its difference, its magnanimity. Krishna's circle is a closed circle. Hmm? He lives in Svetadweep. It's like a private island. Hmm? Svetadweep, white island, somewhere deep in the ocean. Out of, nobody can go there. Hmm? Only some, some special soul somehow. Bhajay Svetadweepam tamam gulokam itiyam. Brahma said, just a few rare people worship this and hope, hope to go there. This is the fact. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, therefore, is said with his associates to have, oh goodness, to have plundered the storehouse of love of God. He, he burst open the gates of Golok. Hmm? He built a bridge from Sreta Dweep to the, to the coast hmm? of material existence. Hmm? He built a bridge that he could go there. Hmm? And then, he, and, he, and in the context of building, he's showing the way, leading the way, with his kirtan, hmm? coal and karto, doing sankirtan. This is like gonatrayate, song of deliverance, Gayatri manifest in Krishna kirtan. The mandanga is the flute of Krishna in Gaurila. Hmm? You didn't know you were a flute player, huh? <laughs> yes, you are. Hmm. So, and he, and he descends in in in, in uh, So uh, one might think all of his associates would would land there as well. But 
but they, some of them appeared out of there. We're talking about an example of how he sent some out of there. He, of course, himself went out of there as well. But um, some of them appeared outside of the circle of Nabdweep. And then it's because of the Audarya uh, nature of his Leela that he sent different associates to different places and different times that it may, uh, it may have a place to go when he goes somewhere. Right? Hmm? Like I said... You're going to go, especially you're going to go to Banaras. Oh my God, <laughs> this is a place of of uh, Nirvishesh and Sunyavadi. With the devotee, you will not uh, find any 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 shelter there. Disturbing. So he had to go there to defeat the Mayavadis. So he sent Chandrasekhar and Tapan Mishra. They didn't know why. Hmm? You go there, and then of course one day, I believe it was Tapan Mishra was at the bathing god and he saw a beautiful sannyasi. Hmm. He had only seen Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Nimai Pandit with long hair and white white dhoti, hmm. with three folds. Hmm. And he saw this wonderful sannyasi bathing there in the Ganges. And he was so attracted, drawn to him. Hmm. And then perhaps he had heard Imai Pandit has taken sannyas. Imai Pandit has taken sannyas, which rippled throughout the subcontinent to one extent or another. So he put it together and he understood Imai Pandit has come as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And you can imagine, then you can understand, oh, this is why he sent me here. Like it hold a placemat for him when he came, and he stayed there, of course, with Chandrasekhar and Tatanvijra. There he enlightened Sanatana Goswami in their midst. There he dis- dismantled the uh, Advaita Vedanta of Prakashananda Saraswati hmm? in no uncertain terms, hmm? and his 60,000 sannyasi followers. And and on he went to Vrindavan, hmm? and he showed, if you want to go to Vrindavan, hmm? you have to get rid of this Mayavad stuff. First you have to kill that, you have to defeat that. You know, this story comes in Chaitanya Charitamrita twice, the deliverance of Prakashananda Saraswati. The first place is right in the Adi Lila, in the seventh chapter. Hmm. Seventh chapter is the end of the discussion of Krishna Das's Mangala Charan, his auspicious invocation. Hmm. And suddenly, and, he, and he's talking there about Gadadhar, Shivas, and the rest of the Panchatattva. And he says a few words about them only, and then how they plundered the storehouse, as I mentioned, of love of God, distributed it everywhere, and so on and so forth. And then he starts telling the story of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Banari. Suddenly he goes into the narrative. Hmm? He only tells that one story. And then he goes back to tell his own story, how he came to write the book, Chaitanya Charitamrita, who the, who the various associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who are all the players in the drama of the Leela. Hmm? And then, maybe 13th chapter, he starts the narrative. The birth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what just preceded that, his birth, and it goes on like this in a somewhat of a, what do you call it, a chronological order. Hmm? So this is, in, in that in that, in that Madhya the story of delivering Prakashanandas is told again with some more detail, though why he's telling it twice, and why he puts it there before the rest of the narrative, before he's introduced to all the players. Hmm? In, in my insight into his writing is that 
in his Mangala Charan, his auspicious verses, uh, invoking auspiciousness, uh, which there are 14, he very much lays out the Gaudiya philosophy, ontology, theology. It's a very deep section of the book. Hmm? Almost like, who knows, he was very old when he wrote, hmm? and uh, he confesses to that and how difficult it was, almost as if, as Prabhupada said, I tried to put most in the first canon because I didn't know if I'd live to finish the whole thing. Hmm? So much philosophy there. So so in the Mangalacharan, so, so it's very rich, hmm? and he says his own commentary on it. He lays out the 14 verses, and then he has seven chapters that explain the 14 verses, cha- whole chapters about one verse or two verses or a couple of verses, three, four verses. Mm. But in all of that, hmm, it's all very positive about what Chaitanya Bhakti is, what Brahm is. Hmm. He doesn't say what it's not in terms of other forms of Vedanta, like it's not... Advaita Vedanta. He establishes the Chintibeta Veda there. Radha Krishna Pranay Vikutilalini Shakti Rasmad. This is a verse about the Chintibeta Veda Tattva. This is a philosophical stepping stone hmm? to get some firm feet before taking the final step into the, the, the auto psychological confessions of Krishna. Hmm? Coming in three questions: Why, the, why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came? Hmm? Uh, it's very ecstatic and very extra, extraordinary. Most the most extraordinary theological questions, and God's asking them: hmm? What is Radha's love like? What is the nature? But what is my bliss that she? What is what is it about me that she experiences that makes her the way she is, and so forth? These kind of things. So this has nothing to do with it, with with dissecting. Advaita Vedanta, which is loomed large at the time, and it does today too. It's a popular form of Vedanta. It's about existing and loving to exist, but not about existing to love. And so, having not dealt with it in the Mangalacharan, and having to forego that, understand that misconception, this distance oneself from it in order to attain bhakti. Hmm? And there are many examples of people who mix it with bhakti, like Madhusudan Saraswati, a contemporary of the Goswamis. You read his books, you think, it's all about bhakti, he's totally a Maya body. Hmm? He loves Krishna more than most devotees, but he's a Maya body. That's weird, but uh, he has real feeling for Krishna, but his ideal is Nirvishesh Brahma. So you have to be, you have to understand that philosophy very well to sort that out. Many people may think, "Oh, he's a great devotee." Not by our standards. He's he's an Advaitin, and it descends with no devotion, no form of God, no leela. Hmm? He would say the leela is contemplated in 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 Jivan Mukta stage. I'm liberated in this world, waiting for my karma to finish. I'm not creating anymore. And they relish the leelas, and then it's over, and become quiet forever. Sounds like I don't think I want to do that <laughs> idea. So, um, so he suddenly takes on the Mayabad philosophy hmm, in the form of a narrative. And the narrative involves Chaitanya Mahaprabhu going to Vrindavan, hmm, and he goes through Banaras. Hmm. So you want to go to Vrindavan? This is our ideal, right? Hmm. Follow the inhabitants of Vrindavan. 
You have to pass through Banaris and not to get stuck there. Hmm? You have to sort out what is the Chintu Veda Veda and what is what is monism, what is Dvaita Vedanta, and let go of the one and hmm? because it's 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 part of the problem. One of the problems is we're takers. Hmm? The other problem is I don't want to take. That's not enough. Karma in karma we want to take because we identify with the body mind. We need to take. So if I say, well, I can't have it all, so I'll do nothing. If I can't own everything, which I was trying, more or less, then I'll do nothing. I'll sit. So that's not a good idea. <laughs> this is I'll, I'll just be. Hmm. No, there's something to do. There's a source, and he's servable, lovable. Hmm. Hmm. So you got to anyway. So to pass through that. Hmm. So he sent them there hmm, to facilitate, and <coughs> and, um, and Prabhupada considered in later times also he's sending devotees to different parts of the world hmm, to facilitate Prabhupada's own dispensation of bhakti, hmm. and you can see some of those devotees they like they like knew him before it's almost like that hmm. they were there for him. Hmm. One one of my godbrothers. He, he, I mean, this is like unbelievable. He applied to be accepted at the Bon Maharaja's College in Vrindavan. Like, how the heck do you do that? For what? And how would you, you know, this was in the 60s. Bon Maharaja started a college in Vrindavan to teach Chaitanya Vaishnavism, among, I guess, other things, some academically acclaimed it. It never really got off the ground. Hmm. But this guy, you know, he applied. I thought that was very, obviously, this was very startling, and it implies some you know, previous connection with these things, and, and so on and so forth. Hmm. So, the devotees appearing here and there, and, and providing some kind of placemat for, for Prabhupada also that goes on in an extended sense of the term. Hmm? And again, then back to the original idea, well, there have to be devotees there if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is going to be there because the love of Krishna and Krishna, they're uh, one and the same. You can't have one without the other. Hmm? Does that help? Yeah, but, but you said that they were stronger than him in Bhakti. Well, I suppose I'd like to listen to that one, but but um, and sometimes there is a struggle between Krishna and his devotees, hmm? the will of Krishna and the will of the devotees. Hmm? In the Agasur Leela, the devotees' will wins out. Hmm? They want to enter the mouth of Agasura. Hmm? Krishna doesn't want them to. He's concerned, but they they will they they their will per, prevails, and then Krishna feels certain sanchari bhavs emotions as a result of that. And that's the way rasa works. So there is this competition hmm, between them. Sometimes the devotees win, hmm, and it's all good, of course. Hmm. So I suppose if they get him to come there, then you know, that's one way of looking at it. Of course, the other way of looking at it with his omniscience, he sends them there. And, you know, so, we, it's, there's the two sides. You can look at it from the point of view of tattva, or you look at it from the point of view of bhakti, it becomes a little more charming. And then you say, the devotees, 
by their devotion, they made him come there, something like that, mm-hmm. to such a place as Benares, mm-hmm. where he would never go otherwise, mm-hmm. and did something very extraordinary there. Yes? Uh, one thing to put it in context, uh, and also maybe address what you had heard, uh, did he send send them before he manifested his full his full preaching mood? Well, he hadn't he, become a sannyasi. Had he taken? Had he taken um, he, I believe he had not taken sannyasi. Right. So he wasn't. He was still in his philosophical mood, and he may have seen them as more devotional at that. I think he may have been a devotee. He may have manifested himself as a devotee, but he had not taken sannyas. Tapan Mishra asked him, what is the goal of life? Hmm? And he told him to chant um, Hare Krishna mantra. Hmm? And then he would attain everything by this. And so, so I think that he was in his devotional... Came back from Gai, he started teaching about bhakti, doing Namsan Kirtan and Nadia and so forth, but he had not gone and taken sannyas. I think Tapan Mishra has been studying all different kinds of philosophies. and then He had a dream. Tapan Mishra had a dream, isn't it? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came in a dream. And then the next day he saw that same person who was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he was troubled. He wanted to know what is the goal of life, how to attain it. And Mahaprabhu told him, Prem is the goal of chant Hare Krishna. Chant the name. The name will give you Prem. Something like that. Yes. So, in the beginning, uh, you mentioned that all these associates were eternal, are eternal associates. Yeah. Uh, when we look at uh, devotees that are attaining perfection, their final perfection is, is in association with Krishna's Leela in Vrindavan, Lomi Vrindavan. Now, is there also an entry point through the Leela of Lord Chaitanya? For someone who's who's reaching perfection, or only through Krishna Leela? No, yes, yes, there is. It is said that, for example, Rupa Goswami, who is a handmaiden of Radha in the Leela, hmm? Sanatana Goswami, and so forth, they appear as Brahman boys in Gaur Leela. So they have a corresponding window of entrance into Gaur Leela. Brahman boys, they look like themselves, but youthful. Hmm? They're in Dasirasa, hmm? in relation to Gore. And arguably, I mean, it's not talked about that way very often, but arguably you could enter into Gore Leela, hmm? and from Gore Leela enter into Krishna Leela. Hmm? There's nothing to... So, so sometimes people are concerned about their swarup. What is my swarup? What will my relationship with Krishna be? Hmm? We often tell them, you know, work on, you know, developing a serving ego, hmm? um, and it will, through, and through kirtan, it will manifest in due course, and this is more or less the line of Bhakti Siddhanta. But you could readily say, yes, it says, you're in Dasirasa to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? You'll cultivate that. Dasirasa means servitude to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Like the relationship between the guru and the disciple, you have a relationship like that with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, just bordering on, on friendship. Because even the Dasya Bhakti in Vrindavan is tinged with Sakya. Mm. That is its speciality. It's not like the Dasya of Vaikuntha. Mm. So your Swarup is uh, Dasya Rasa mm, to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm. That's easy to, to 
to cultivate. And Prabhupada Saraswati has said, the more that you become devoted to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the closer you become to Radha. That's the secret. Worship in Navadvip, live in Vrindavan. Prabhupada said, my place of worship is Navadvip. My place of residence is Vrindavan. My office is Bombay, he said. <laughs> What else? I was thinking of, you've spoken about a little bit the um, the, uh, the different uh, camps in, uh, after Bhakti Siddhanta left, and uh, Maharaj had a particular view of, you know, the two sides in, in, in uh, I, I can never remember their names, in Vasudeva, I forget. Ananta Vasudeva and Tirtha Maharaj became the two sides. Yeah. And, and uh, one of them appeared to kind of... Uh, not officially, but in practice, kind of reject Bhaktisiddhanta, but Sridhar said, I consider them eternal associates of Guru Maharaj. So, just in this mood of how Krishna and also certain great personalities come with their entourage, even when it appears they may deviate. I'm just bringing that out as part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there different ways to think about that. I mean, they can, they can be coming... As meant to be in his group, hmm? their destiny over lifetimes. Hmm? I think that would be a more accurate way of speaking about it than descending with him, so to speak. Hmm? Uh, but that's another way of thinking about it. And you think of all of the associates of your gurus uh, in that way, and it's all a leela, and there's something to be learned from it. And, don't find any fault, but boy, there's some tough lessons. <laughs> some tough lessons, the way some of my godbrothers behave. <clears throat> Better to keep a distance sometimes. And if you have enough distance from anybody, then you can respect them. That's the secret. You are to respect anyone who's chanting Hare Krishna, so just find the distance that you need, and then if you hear so and so is chanting, that's good. <laughs> Don't say anything else about them. <laughs> yes. Um, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we worship <coughs> Prema, love, more than Radha and Krishna. I've heard you and others say. Is that so? There's uh, two uh, aspects to the question. One is uh, a why. In other words, is that because of what Prema uh, offers to Krishna and what love um, enables us to offer to Krishna and what love Prema offers Radha and Krishna to exchange? And also, is there a specific way of worshipping that Prema? Well, I think I say that, and I said it tonight as well, that our goal is not Krishna or Radha Krishna, but love of Radha and Krishna. And that way the Prem is, is central. It's our ideal. And what that means to us is that the persons who embody the Prem are actually more important to us than, than, uh, than the object of their love. And, of course, you find all about the object of their love through their praying by exploring that and, and uh, entering into that. So in that sense, the focus more than on Radha and Krishna, for example, in, 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 in Manjari Bhav would be on 
those devotees who personify Manjari Bhav. That's why you see Sakshadharitvena Samastha Shastra. Guru is said in an external sense to be the representative of Krishna. All the Shastras proclaim it. Sakshadhari, directly Krishna, manifest. But Kintu, but, it says, however, Kintu Prabhoya Priya Bhattasya. The Guru is also dear to Krishna. How can you be Krishna and be dear to Krishna? So, obviously, the extent to which you're Krishna is nuanced. Hmm? Not the same person, but you're one with him you're re- in a representational sense. The Guru is to be seen as the, as representative of Krishna. So, if the probably give a simple example, if the ambassador to the country comes, he's to be treated like the president, and he's doing the bidding of the president hmm, in a foreign land. <coughs> but... Mm. The other side of that is that the Guru is has a love of Krishna, and he or she is the embodiment of a certain kind of love of Krishna that the disciple becomes familiar with in due course. And that then becomes a more the focus, that love that he or she embodies mm, than Krishna. This is the idea. So how do you make the praying central? This is the way by, by following the, 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 in, that, in that line of one of the associates of Krishna as that is manifest traditionally or in most cases in, in one's guru. Hmm? Sikshu guru, Dikshu guru. This may be the case. <clears throat> that help? Yeah, it remi- uh, what you said uh, reminded me of what uh, Nayananda, ta- Nayananda Thakur said in Kriya Bhakti Rasarva that um, in pursuing one's rasa and sakya in that book um, you follow a resident of Vrindavan. Hmm. He said, but those who are more intelligent follow the rasa of their guru. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which is very interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, I make that point. That's, not, uh, that's a good reference. Mm-hmm. That means that you don't just pick one out, but one's already there. It's come to you in a particular way. You might want to pay attention there, right? That's a good idea. That makes sense. Uh, uh, what more do you want but to follow your guru? And of course, you may represent some nuance. Uh, we, we find that also in Prabhupada. So there are different possibilities that arise in this connection. And, and we are all not only in touch with Prabhupada, we are in touch with Sri Maharaj and my humble self, so, and others, so. and there may be different, more than one guru. So, so. Um, some people say that because of this nature of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that love is, and prema is more worshipable than Radha and Krishna, therefore love in this world um, is the highest, even though it's perverted, still um, expressing it or learning to give it is a um, either a stepping stone or a, a help in... So is that taking that a little too far, or is that... I think it does. I've seen things like that. It, uh, it glorifies mundane love as a vehicle hmm, to love of Krishna. And we don't find it anywhere in the, in the core texts, that idea. And in fact, they're, they're talked more as, as, in terms of being 
different, like the difference between day and night, um, as much as lust and love are different. That's usually the comparison. Now, that's two extremes, obviously, because we have material identification, we have relationships, and when we say lust, we mean that, well, there's taking going on. It has to be because you're identified with the body and the mind. But then you may be working on that, and you, you may be trying to be more giving in a relationship and taking, and psychologically speaking, and so there may be gradations. Hmm? But, but that is the way in which I would look at mundane love. As much as mundane love hmm, in this world, let's say between a man and a woman, hmm, romantic love, turns to self-sacrificing, hmm, rather than the, infat- than the infatuation and the enjoyment of it, preoccupation with that, that will not be helpful. Hmm? But in, 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 sometimes it's said, well, uh, you know, love is tested over time. They've been together for 30 years, you know, and they work things out. and they, So they've made sacrifices for one another, and they've grown from that. Hmm? And it's more than just, you know, the infatuation and so forth. So as much as there's, I would say, like <coughs> giving, hmm? conscientiously, and, and then it could be seen as some growth, but that's really moving away from what the mundane love is about. It's moving, um, however um, feebly, in the, in the direction of the spiritual um, ideal. Hmm? It's exercising real love. It's giving instead of taking. Generally speaking, the mundane love is about taking. Now, so so we look at it carefully. It's about giving. That the more more you say it's about giving, the more you're you're going to a less mundane, yeah, you know, form of it, and so forth. If you understand it in that light, then you understand what the goal is: this sacrifice, giving, not taking, and so forth. Hmm? Is there some benefit of exercising? You know, exercising that loving of just giving. As a yeah, you a should way do that. You know, understanding more about what pure love is is that you're practicing. Even if the object of your love and sacrifice is not perfect, still it will it will help you. And the serving and the sacrificing will refine the object in due course and find its place in Krishna. And that could be done like like with a friendship as opposed to yeah. a romantic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, really, the people who are really kind of role models—I mean, anybody would say this—are the people who are sacrificing, and giving, and they're not just these—you know—some supermodel and you know some football guy. And you know, some people are attracted by that kind of fantasy, but that has nothing to do with—you know. You, so it depends what you mean by mundane love. When you get to when you really say mundane love, and you want to like analyze it, and you come down to this sacrificing selflessness, hmm? selflessness for raising the kids, you know, and making sacrifice, and that kind of thing. So the more the sacrificing is identified with mundane love, then the more that mundane love has some correlation with what we're talking about when we talk about brain. And then I guess if you had the consciousness as you're doing that, sacrificing love or serving love, that I'm practicing this to um, awaken my loving propensity toward Krishna as a service, this is a soul, etc., 
it's, it becomes a, a consciousness behind it, yeah. behind it too. Yeah. Yeah. You can do all kinds of. You can feed people, and think, Krishna is the fire of digestion. Please eat. <laughs> Jagya. <laughs> yes, you can become perfectly Krishna conscious by doing that. Is there a fire in your belly here? <laughs> this is out of the book. What is prashadam? <laughs> so, in that way, <coughs> there can be some blurring. And what apparently is mundane and what is spiritual. Like spiritual, you've got to do it like this. you got to put on a silver plate, like this, this time, this way. And that's all good and important, too. But hmm. this is one example of extended idea to become the lover mm. and it should play out on all levels like Mother Teresa you know, I read that she really was I don't know if she was trying to or actually seeing Jesus in the heart of all the people that she ministered to oh, I hope so yeah alright well Still trying to think of what that point was about declaring the call. <laughs> I have to listen to the tape. All right, nice to sit with you all. We'll gather again tomorrow. Sisi Gorada Madhav Ki Jai. Gorbhakta Bindaji Jai. Gorbhakta Bindaji Jai. Gorbhakta Bindaji Jai. Gorbhakta Bindaji Jai.